Welcome back to Church Media HQ, or if you're just joining us, we are in our reboot series, and we have had some, what I think is some valuable content over these past few weeks as we've brought you these episodes. Uh, today, we are going to visit part two of a conversation that I had with financial expert Nate Skelly. He's the founder of Financial Pathway. He's a financial advisor, and he's got a lot of great insight for whether you're an individual uh, or you're looking to uh, apply these, uh, these principles to your organization or your church. It's a super helpful conversation. And so let's get to the second part of my conversation with Nate Skelly. There are so many people that I don't, and I think that's a great explanation between savings and investing. You know, some people, they really don't understand. I've heard of people, they've got, I mean, tens of thousands, if not hundreds of thousands of dollars just sitting in a savings account. Um, you know, and obviously that's, that's not, it's not doing them much good other than just, you know, obviously it's very liquid, but, um, uh, but at what point, um, do you say, you know what? Okay, I, I'm good on my savings. I need to go ahead and invest. And I think you kind of already answered that. And then once you get to that point, uh, how much? I mean, how much should you be investing? Here's what it is for everybody. But I would say, you, first of all, you evaluate what your emergency fund need is. How much liquid cash would you need in a worst case scenario? Maybe for some people, if especially if they're in retirement, that's going to be more. Maybe it's a year or two of, of liquid cash, and that's fine. And then you have to understand, okay, how long will I be investing this money? So is it going to be for 10 years, for 20 years, for 30 years? And what's my comfortability with fluctuations here? What's my comfortability with volatility? And for somebody who's going to be more aggressive and they're okay with seeing higher fluctuations, then they can, aggress or they can invest more aggressively. So the picture looks different for each person, but you know when the when the market drops, if you're a long-term investor, that's an opportunity. Uh, everything is on sale. If if you liked yeah. to invest in these companies at this price and now they're thirty percent cheaper, well then that's great. That's that's even more of a discount. That means you'll be able to your your dollar goes even farther in in your investment. So the best way though to maximize your investing, first of all, is through your employer plan. If you, if you have a retirement plan through your employer, that's the where, where you start, especially if they have a match, do the match. That is free money. That's the best thing going. Get your match. And then uh, beyond that, you also can do, most people are able to do an IRA contribution, either traditional or Roth. There's some income limits there, but unless you're like, that's, that's, that's really for your very high income. So um, if you don't have a super high income, then, then, then chances are you're going to be just fine. And that's another way where you can continue to, to uh, put money towards retirement in a tax advantaged way, because the big advantage is tax savings going through those investment vehicles. But um, yeah, everybody's different. Each situation is going to require a little bit of a different approach. But yeah, I mean, risk return, you put your money in the bank, Okay, yeah, it's very safe. You know, I put that in quotation marks. It's very safe, but there's very little return. So uh, in, in most cases, there's some better alternatives, especially if you're not planning on using that money for, um, for some time. 
Yeah, and so that leads me to another, you know, thought when people think about investing, um, you know, is that of like if they if they own a house, um, you know, I've heard this, this is kind of a little bit of debate. Some people say, well, you should, you know, pay off your house first and then just kind of, then you don't have any mortgage payment. Now you just invest all you want. Um, but then others say, no, you need to kind of do a little bit of both. Uh, you know what are and then some would say maybe on the other extreme like no just keep paying your minimum mortgage payment and then you know invest a bunch what's your uh, kind of philosophy mentality on that i personally i would lean towards i would rather invest by excess income than necessarily trying to pay down my mortgage faster because in my particular instance my mortgage interest is already pretty low and i believe what i can earn on my money in the long term is gonna do better than paying down the interest on my mortgage. That's a different calculus for each person. If their investments are more conservative, maybe it's more of a, a wash as far as what's more beneficial, investing their money or paying off their interest. And the other thing you have to factor in too is, for some people, the, the it's hard to quantify the value of being debt-free, but that's a very important feeling of, I don't owe anything, mm. I have zero liabilities, and in some cases, you know, for, for, for somebody that would be very valuable to them, so it's worth perhaps paying down their mortgage faster, even though maybe they could earn a little bit better by investing their money. But one thing that you should look at, I, I think everybody should be looking at right now, is possibly refinancing because rates are, I mean, as low as they're going to get. I mean, they are at the bottom. I mean, it, it's it's ridiculously cheap. And if you can get a lower interest rate, I'm talking at least half a percent or lower, then it's worth looking into. It may not necessarily be the right decision, but it's at least worth looking into it. Also, oh, if you can get a lower term, because right now, like if you've got you know 21 years left on your mortgage, but you can refinance into a 15 year, not only will you pay it off faster, but you're going to pay less in interest over yeah. the long term by doing it that way. Mm -hmm. Um so rates are really low. I would definitely encourage you to look into refinancing if you haven't already. Here's what you got to do, though. You got to break down what are the refinance charges. So it's going to cost you something to refinance. The lender's not going to do it for free. Compare what they're going to charge you to how much you're going to save. If you're going to be in your house for a long time, then it's pretty good chance you're going to save. But if yeah. you're not going to be in that house for, you know, more than say five years, then maybe refinancing doesn't make sense. So, you know, if, if just just to use simple numbers, if it's going to cost five thousand dollars to refinance your home, and you're going to move in three years, and the amount that you would have saved in interest over that three years is three thousand dollars, well, then guess what? That doesn't make sense to refinance your house. That that's not going to help you. But if you're going to be in that house, you know, if that's your forever house and you're not going anywhere, and you can get a lower interest rate, then Hey, um, now is the time to to take advantage of that if you can. Yeah, and, and you know, refinancing is kind of a big, I guess, buzzword right now because of the interest rates. Um, but you know, I think a lot of what you were just talking about with you know, just considering how long you're gonna live or how how much longer you're gonna live in that house. Um, you know, is it is it something you, do you plan to be there long term or just a few more years? That's that's all stuff I think that if people aren't careful, 
um, they, you know, they kind of get all cut up in that buzz, like I said, the buzzword of like refinance, refinance. Well, and then they'll may, they might let like a loan officer or someone talk them into doing it, uh, or, or or whatnot. And then you know they didn't do their research. Um, and so, but that's you know that's not the only way to save money. Um, and to kind of you know keep your if you will kind of reboot and reset your finances here. Um, I, I like to think, uh, um, you know, something, for example, I just did uh, here not too long ago, uh, I made some changes to my homeowners and car insurance. Now, in, in your recommendation, um, and I, I saved uh, probably a couple hundred bucks a year. So in, in your recommendation, how often should you be, you know, kind of shopping around in that area? Yeah, I would say every two to three years. Uh, it's good to shop your insurance, your auto and home. Uh, I think that was a really smart thing for you to do, Luke, because, what typically happens is companies will offer you lower rates to win you over, to win your business. But then gradually what's going to happen is the, the rates are going to go up over time. So if you switched over to Geico or State Farm or Progressive or whoever, and you're like, oh, these, these guys are my best friends because they just saved me a ton of money. But then you, you know, for six or seven years, you never revisit your insurance. Well, chances are you're you're missing out on some very easy savings so every two or three years shop it around you don't need to change you just need to see what's out there i would add a word of caution um make sure you're comparing apples to apples what happens sometimes is you'll go to another insurance company and say hey give me a quote on my auto my home and they'll say look we can save you x amount of money but they're not giving you the same level of coverage they're lowering your limits or, you know, uh, liability uh, per person, uh, it, you, all these stacked versus non-stacked. There's all these little things that can be different between policies. So just make sure that you're comparing apples to apples. Make sure they're quoting you exactly what you have now so that you know that you're you're actually getting a better deal. Um, and, uh, and, and another thing I would say is, you know, for your auto insurance, um, if your car is older, if it's not worth much, like if it's like worth four or five thousand dollars, then you know, don't get uh, the the collision and comprehensive. Just get your basic liability insurance. The extra cost for collision and comprehensive is really not going to be worth it um, for what your car is worth. So it's better to save yourself some money on your your monthly auto insurance. Just get your basic coverage that you need, and that extra money that you save that can be going towards your emergency savings or something else that's uh that's more useful for you yeah i know um i've got a uh a rather old truck my joke is that the truck is a year younger than i am uh and it's it's it's, it's pretty old um and especially for for a vehicle and so uh yeah uh needless to say um yeah it's, it's kind of liability only in that situation uh totally not worth uh, you know, getting all the extra on there. So, um, well, those are some great, you know, tips for, you know, kind of saving, you know, talk budgeting, um, and, and all that. What are some other just, I, I guess, practical, um, is there anything other practical steps, uh, that someone can take, you know, just kind of once again in this reset mode, okay, what do you need to do now to, uh, maybe kind of be more prepared for the future? Yeah, I would say, um, another thing, just a practical thing you can do, is check your credit score, check your credit report. Uh, if you've got a credit card, most credit card companies let you check your credit score for free as a perk for having their card. So it's it's usually pretty, pretty easy to find that. Um, so you wanna see where your credit score is, just make sure you're in a healthy range. Um, I, I talked, I, I did a podcast episode on um, 
you know, what goes into your credit score. But the main things that the, the two main factors are going to be pay your payments on time and don't overutilize your credit. If your credit card has a $5,000 limit, don't be spending $4,800, $4,900 on it all the time. Instead, you know, put $1,500, $2,000 on it. So as long as you're using your limits at a healthy amount and paying your payments on time, that's going to help your credit score go up. Mm -hmm. um, but as far as a credit report, and this is a big difference. Use a credit score, but your credit report is all the factors that determine your credit score. And you can get your, your, your yearly report for free. The website is annualcreditreport.com. Annualcreditreport.com. You go to that website once a year for free. You're, you're, it's, legally, you are, you are entitled to a free copy. And it will list anything that might adversely affect your score. Uh, delinquencies, collections, bankruptcies. It'll also list all your uh, accounts, where they are, your credit cards, mortgage, car payments, all those things. Here's why it's a good thing to get that once a year, though. Make sure your, your information is correct. Sometimes what I've seen is you had a credit card that you paid off two years ago, but it's still on the report as, as an open account. Or something's on there that shouldn't be, or there's something that went to collections that never should have gone to collections. And so a lot of times people's credit score is lower than it should be because there's incorrect information on the report. It's usually not the case, but it happens often enough to where that's, you know, take you 10 minutes to go on the website to check that, make sure everything looks good and uh, could end up saving you a lot of money um, just, just by checking that report. So that's something else you could do. And then, um, I would say probably lastly, just learn to be generous. As, as we restart, we reboot um, this season of, of life and what's going on in our country. I think as Christians, we ought to be generous just by default. I mean, God loves a cheerful giver. We give through our church. That's our primary mode because uh, they're doing they're on the front lines. They're doing the most important work, sharing the gospel you know, that's the people's greatest need and say it reaps the greatest rewards. But don't forget that there are other organizations, other ministries also out there that are doing important work. And there's just a lot of people right now that are very vulnerable um, physically, financially. So if you're in a position where God's blessed you, you have some disposable income, you are not in a position where you are, you know, up against the wall. Well, then consider being generous. And I think that starts with your budget. Allocate money in your budget towards giving, like actually set a specific amount that you want to give. Um, just like, you know, you have spending goals, have giving goals and make it a family thing, involve your kids in it, teach them the importance of giving and let them see the, um, you'll see the joy and the satisfaction that comes from that firsthand. But, um, all of those things that we talked about, and, and Luke, you brought up some great topics. I think these are things that we can consider as we reset our finances and move forward. Some good goals to consider. Everybody's situation is different, but um, hopefully one or two or three of these things has, has been helpful and, and something that, um, that, you know, that you, can, you can look at tweaking in, in your own financial life. Yeah, and I like what you said, uh, you know, as we were starting our conversation here. Uh, it's really a great way to look at it. It's kind of like uh, a second New Year, if you will, you know. Um, I mean, everybody, um, for the most part, at the beginning of, uh, you know, January, late December, maybe, they start to think about, 
you know, goals and, and whatnot. And, and we kind of have that here um, as we, uh, you know, seem to be slowly but surely coming uh, out of the shutdown uh, back to, well, what will be a new normal. Um, and yeah, I, I think, um, I think uh, this is a great time to be, uh, you know, thinking uh, along these lines, some great, some great points you you brought out. Now, I will say this: uh, you, uh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna plug your podcast. You have, uh, of course, anything that Nate puts out uh, is is great, but uh, your podcast, uh, Financial Pathway Podcast, um, I believe that's available just about anywhere, right? Yeah, uh, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, um, Anchor is, is what I use to put the the podcast out. But I know those two places: Spotify and Apple Podcasts. I don't even know where where else people listen to podcasts. So I'm yeah. sorry if you use some like unheard of podcast place. It's probably not there. I apologize, but be like the rest of us. Get on Apple Podcasts or Spotify and listen your listen to my podcast there, Financial Pathway. Yeah. Well, I I recommend it. Uh, I know the uh, credit score, credit report episode you're referring to. I listened to that one, and it it, it is a great. It dives into that topic. Uh, in more detail, um, and also uh, really not not maybe not every single you know point that we move through, but uh, you've covered a lot of these topics in depth on your podcast, and so I'd say that's a great place if you're wanting more information uh, to learn more. I think one of my favorite episodes you've put out thus far um, is uh, an explanation of you know financial advisors and their costs and their fees and commissions and kind of the difference and all that and. Um, and with that, I know this is, you know, this is what you do. I mean, that's what financial pathway is all about is about helping people in their finances. Um, yeah, I, 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 we kind of alluded to it earlier, but, uh, where can we connect with you and, uh, you know, how could people, uh, if they need help, how can they reach out to you, uh, and get started with maybe, uh, getting a financial plan? Yeah, well, I, I appreciate you plugging the podcast. If you've listened to this episode and you are not completely like, uh, sick of, of hearing me talk and you want to listen to me talk some more. Yeah, I, I do on my podcast. I try to do a little bit more of a deep dive on some of these topics, give you some information, some practical resources. So the podcast is a great place to connect with me. Also uh, on Facebook, I run a Facebook page. Again, Financial Pathway. If you search that on, on Facebook, my page will come up. I, I do some informational videos, try to do some tips, um, shorter videos, and, and – um, Share my podcast on there as well. And then if you have questions about financial planning, investing, uh, you can always shoot me an email, info at nateskelly.com. But I'll, I'll I, and I've told you this, Luke, and I'll, I'll tell your listeners as well. My passion in life is to teach people about finances, to make them see, uh, to see them make wise financial decisions, especially from a Christian worldview. And no matter who it is, whether it's me or somebody else, I think there's great value in working with somebody who is trustworthy, who is knowledgeable in the area of investing and financial planning. I think it will improve your financial well-being considerably. So again, whether it's me or somebody else, I would encourage you to, 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 to approach that subject if you're not already working with somebody. And um, if you want to connect with me, those are some, some good ways to do it. Great. Well, I just as my personal recommendation, highly recommend Nate. Nate has uh, advised me in a lot of areas of my personal, my business finance. 
He's been great. Uh, so, for what it's worth, you've got my stamp of approval, uh, and I, uh, I hope, and I, I hope, hope some out there listening, watching will uh, will connect with you. Um, well, Nate, uh, as it, it's really been great to have you on and uh, talk about the topic. I hope we've been a help. Oh, last thing, uh, I know your focus uh, is really you focus big on helping you know individuals and families, but you offer some uh, resources and, and kind I guess resources, but also I, I guess some services for churches as well. Um, and uh, you know, you want to kind of let us know, let church leaders out there know what you can do for churches. Yeah. All right. So, so final plug of what I do, but really this, to me, I, I view this as, um, it's the ministry outlet of what I do. I feel like whatever you do in life, try to make it your ministry. Finances is my area of expertise. That's what I do for a living. So my ministry is to provide, uh, sessions about what does the Bible have to say about finances and, 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 you know, everything from a single session to a full Sunday to a full weekend, different topics. What does the Bible say about your spending, about, you're giving about saving. Um, what what's the uh, how do we understand this principle of everything belongs to God, but He's given it to me to manage? How am I to be a good manager of God's money? And so, if that would be helpful to 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 your church to have some teaching on biblical finances and and um, talk about what does the Bible say about finances, but then also what are some practical applications of how we can apply those biblical principles in 21st century America. Um, that's something else that I've developed and, and I hope will be a help to churches. So yeah, thanks for mentioning that, Luke. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So as church, church leaders out there, as you start to reopen uh, and you start to, you know, maybe uh, once again, we're all kind of in this reboot, this reset mode, and maybe having someone like Nate come in, uh, give a session or two uh, to your church would uh, would just help everybody get uh, get that fresh start, if you will. Um, and here's the thing uh, about, and just an observation I've seen about churches that, um, you know, talk about money and they talk about money from a sensible, practical standpoint um, and, and they're willing to give, you know, teaching and counsel on that from a biblical point of view, of course, uh, I found that these are the ones that, uh, they seem to, uh, and I don't have any, you know, statistics, statistics in front of me to prove this, but from what I've observed, they seem to be the ones that, uh, they have a, you know, good giving, uh, they, they, they are more financially stable. And I believe that's because they are teaching and training their people about the value of uh, finances and wisdom in that area. So I highly uh, recommend someone like Nate uh, helping you and helping your church uh, uh, kind of understand the their proper, uh, what a good financial pathway would be for them. Well, Nate, thanks again for being with us. Uh, and uh, we've certainly enjoyed talking to you. It, it's always, every time I talk to you, I feel like I learned something and I definitely did today. So uh, thanks for... Yeah, thanks for being with us, and uh, we'll talk again later. Well, sometimes when I have these conversations and these interviews, uh, I get a whole lot out of them myself, and uh, working or having this conversation with Nate was definitely one of those, some really practical insight on finances, and uh, like I said, it can apply to you as an individual, your family, or uh, as a church leader or someone leading an organization. I think it all works uh, all, all will work for you. Well, thanks as always for watching or listening wherever you are. 
consuming this content, uh, be sure to subscribe. Uh, we're available on just about every podcast platform, of course, YouTube. If you happen to be watching on Facebook or YouTube, uh, leave us a comment. Leave us some feedback. Let us know what you think. Ask some questions. Maybe there's some topics that you want us to cover in the future. Be sure to share that with us. And I appreciate you joining us. And it really means a lot to me when you share this. So be sure to share this. Maybe send a text or, or shout out on social media, something like that. Let people know about Church Media HQ. And I look forward to seeing you next time here on Church Media HQ. And until then, don't forget, try something new. Because it is so much better to fail at trying something incredible than to succeed at trying something average.